praise him, praise him, praise him. Welcome to um the first Sunday of 2022. Um, we just give him praise because we made it to another year. Um, I am excited and expecting, and I really believe that the Lord is going to um completely blow our expectation. He's going to go beyond that expectation. Um, I believe that we're going to see um prayers answered in terms of as, as we go and dig in we're going to be some of it, we may even be shocked i mean like you know when they were praying for paul and silas and like they knocked on the door and they're like no i can't be them i mean it was like like we'll be shocked in terms of how the lord's gonna answer our prayers and i think this year let's let's um let's believe the impossible because we know that it's all that is all possible with him with him cool so we've been going through a couple of weeks just looking at prayer um, we're going to continue with that. Um, Josh preached a um, word two weeks ago. And now I think we're off last week. So this week I'm going to carry on with that vein. We'll be looking at different characters within the Bible in terms of when, when they've prayed to see how we can extract any teachings or understandings for our own benefit. So I'm going to be looking at Nehemiah today. So can I just get someone to read Nehemiah chapter 1? Verses 1 to 11. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hekaliah. Now it happened in the month of Chislev, in the 20th year, that I, was, that I was in Susa, the citadel, that Hanai, one of my brothers, came with certain men from Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews who escaped, who had survived the exile, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, the remnant there is the province who has survived the exile is in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates are destroyed by fire. Nehemiah's prayer. As soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. And I continued fasting and praying before the Lord of the God of heaven. And I said, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes are open to hear the prayer of your servant that I now pray before you day and night for the people of Israel, your servants, confessing the sins of the people of Israel, which we have sinned against you. Even I and my father's house have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, and the rules that you commanded your servant Moses. Remember the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, through your outcasts, though your outcasts from the uppermost parts of heaven, from there I will gather them and bring them to the place that I have chosen to make my name dwell there. They are your servants and your people, whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hands. O oh Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servants and to the prayer of your servants who like to fear your name and give success to your servant today and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. Now I was cut back to the king. Cool. Thank you. All right, so um, this is Nehemiah chapter one. Um, just to give you guys some context about Nehemiah, um, 
so is so israel they got taken captive by babylon they were there for 70 years and then um persia came and took over um um conquered um babylon and then um the israelites were allowed to go back to um jerusalem but many didn't only a remnant went back and most of them stayed like you know working within like the persian place and nehemiah is one of those that is working um or, like stay staying with persia and he's now asking what is going on like, what's going on with you know my kins like with, with, with the jews uh, like thousand miles away it's more to know in the first wave as they went back to jerusalem um someone called um zerubbabel he built back the temple and then so built back the temple and then you got ezra also who came back and reminded everyone about the law but then um there's still an issue that there's no wall that is um covering jerusalem and so um for those that know about you've watched you know um shows about in the medieval times and castles etc if you haven't got a wall then basically you're not protected and you're not able to really um have anything of value because if you're if you haven't got a wall then people can just pass through and just take it from you yeah and so if you have no wall you have no protection you're just you're, you're just you're, you're a pass through basically yeah because no one can you can't stop <laughs> um, and so people can just pass through and so he's so Nehemiah hears this and he's like, oh, my days. Like, and he gets upset. You know what I mean? And he doesn't just get upset. Some of us will get upset and like, post something on Facebook and say, like, oh, man, it's really bad. But he got, he got upset in a way that he prayed. I doesn't say that he prayed once, it's that he prayed, you know what I mean, for days. I mean, and as you, and as you um, go through the prayer, he talks about his praying day and night. So here we can tell that this, this is something that is, you know, that is on that's on his mind and one of the things also we see is that yes he's upset where does he go first he goes straight to god and as we go through and we um go through some of the next couple of chapters with nehemiah we'll see that being one of his um characteristics an issue will come up and the first thing he'll do is pray and not just not, not just pray to any random god but to the the king of kings to god you know what i mean so and my question to you is where do you go to when it all kicks off I mean, do you go to Google? Do you go to YouTube? I mean, do you go to, you know, that guru? I mean, it's like, where do you go to? I mean, this also to say that if you go to someone for godly advice, that's also like going to God just to make it clear. But where, where do you go to? Where's your first, when you, when something's all kicking off, where do you go? Do you even go to yourself? That means that I can, you know, like be on sometimes the first place I go to is like, all right, Daniel, what are you going to do? All right, Daniel, how can you get out of this? All right, Daniel, what's the plan, Daniel? And this is where um, the danger is where you kind of start looking right in your own eyes. Mm. Now, I mean, where you start, you know, relying on your own wisdom. It says in Proverbs 3, verse 7, um, be not wise in your own eyes. Do you know what I mean? In Isaiah Five takes even further, says, Woe unto those who are wise in their own eyes. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And so it's let's not let's not believe that we always have all the answers. That's right. You know what I mean? And then there's always that danger in that we always think that our strategy is right. Do you know what I mean? But in Romans 12, it says, Romans 12, verse 16, never, it says, takes even further, never be wise 
in your own sight yeah and so when things are kicking off where do we go to and my um response is that we need to go to god yeah. now i mean and then, and then what does that mean I, I, when i say go to god it's like when the situation arises we should be saying what that what does what does god expect me to do now i mean like for example if temptation is coming we know that we're meant to flee now i mean he's like so let's go and do let, let's go and do what we know what god has told us to do i'm not saying okay let me stop and let me start praying that means that if you know what god really wants knows what you to do go and do it but where you're like i do not know what to do i do not know in terms of um how to get out of the situation i feel stuck in it it's sticky i have no idea go to god and go to him in prayer go to him in prayer day and night mm. yeah mm. and i like in verse 11 um where we it makes it very clear nehemiah is saying that he wants mercy with a man mm-hmm. so he's being he's like it's, this is not some like um uh like a let me just pray for the sake of praying is there so there's an element of being pacific mm. i mean in terms of, this is like this is a need this is what I'm asking for, Lord. Give me mercy with a man, and the man that he's referring to is a king. Yeah, and so you see that in verse eleven, where he, he wants um mercy. But one thing also we see, he goes at the end, I'm a cupbearer for the king. So this is not this is not Nehemiah is doing all right, you know. He's working in um the royal house. A cupbearer wasn't just at any role. I mean, like to be a cupbearer means that you're tasting the food, drinking the food before the king you look actually like acting as a bodyguard you're 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 next to the king a lot of the time yeah mm-hmm. so we would be in error if we just thought ah, it was any role this guy was anything so i mean it's like the king knew him the king doesn't know any it doesn't know everyone the king knew him yeah and he and he, his role would be quite high within the royal household and so then even you take a step back He's doing all right. He's doing all right. But this is where we're told, where we're reminding Philippians about, look about the interest of others. Mm. Now, I mean, his kinsmen, his family are not doing all right. Mm. Yeah? And so he takes it upon himself to be like, whoa, they're not, my, my kings, my family are not doing all right. And something is um, stirred up in him that he has to, that he weeps, that turns him into prayer and to fasting. I mean, so uh, this is why we constantly say within this community that it's not just about us. It's not just about our interests. Let's have an awareness of what other people are going through, whether that be within this community, whether that be within your family, whether that be within your workplace. Have an awareness and let's intercede. Mm -hmm. Let's stand in the gap. And I like what Nehemiah does, as even he's praying, he's saying, we have sinned. I mean, you'll see it a lot of times in prayers when people do it. I think even Daniel does it when he's interceding for Israel. It's like, we have, I have. I mean, in terms of, he's like, he's not saying, oh, look what they have done. I mean, like, they're, they're, they're like, they're waste people. He's, he's, he's putting himself within it and standing with them and saying that we have sinned. So, yeah. So that's just one, that's one of the first plays that we see of Nehemiah where he's interceding. And he's doing it day and night and he cares. But then this is someone that potentially we could say that, yo, like, he's all right, you know. And I mean, he's, he's doing well. He's blessed. 
You know what I mean? But he's caring about people who are miles away from him. Mm-hmm. Can I get someone to read Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 1 to 8? In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was before him, I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had not been sad in his presence. And the king said to me, why is your face sad, seeing you are not sick? This is nothing but sadness of the heart. Then I was very much afraid. I said to the king, let the king live forever. Why should not my face be sad when the city, the place of my father's graves, lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Then the king said to me, what are you requesting? Requesting. So I prayed to the God of heaven and I said to the king, if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favour in your sight that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's grave, that I may rebuild it. And the king said to me, the queen sitting beside him, how long will you be gone and when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me when I had given him a time. And I said to the king, if it pleases the king, let letters be given to me for the governors of the province beyond the river, that they may let me pass through until I come to Judah. And a letter from Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the fortress of the temple and for the rule of the city and for the house for the house that I shall occupy. And the king granted me what I asked, for the good hand of my God was upon me. Praise him, praise him, praise him. So the first thing we see in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 1, in the month of Nizan, the 20th year of the king, out to Exodus. Sometimes when we see dates and times in scripture, they're not just there by accident. So if you even flip back quickly to Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 1, you see him talking about in the month of Chislev, or Kislev. So where the, the time, and that's around, when you look at the Jewish calendar, Shizlev is November, December. And when you look at Nizan, Nizan is, well, I got down, March, April. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we know that there's been about four months has passed from when he heard about the news and that he's been praying. Mm-hmm. And I think this is important for us knowing that whether it be four months, six months, two days or three days, a period of time has, has, has happened from the prayer to now, it's now seeing his prayer now being answered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's like, and but we know that he's been praying what day and night. So I think Josh has mentioned his last word. Let us be a community of people that we keep praying until it happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, we keep praying, expecting something to happen. Mm-hmm. We don't, we don't, we don't hear that he prayed for one day. He really prayed for day and night, and now we're seeing the um, the answer to his prayer. Make sense, guys? Mm-hmm. And the question is that like, why is he afraid? I mean, so the king sees him that he's sad. Why is he afraid? Um, those know around the times when you're around the king, you're meant to be happy. Do you know what I mean, like, imagine you was around, um, you know, a celebrity. Let's say you was around Ronaldo, and then you're like, you're just there looking sad. You're like, why? <laughs> why are you looking? Why are you sad? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm Ronaldo. You know what I mean? You want a drink? You want some champagne? You know what I mean? It's like, why are you sad? You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it don't, you know what I mean? It don't make, like, it don't make sense, isn't it? If you're like, like, if you're around, you know, someone that's 
like everything. Why are you sad? And and it, and it will and it will stick out. No, I mean, you'll stick out. You know, the ones where you're, I like, got your event, like you're doing a celebration, yeah. and then, like, you might maybe a birthday party or an anniversary or a wedding or something, and you look around, everyone's happy, but the person who, <laughs> but the person, one person looks sad, and you think your party's flopping. You know what I mean? <laughs> because that one person looks sad, and you're like, oh man, my party's that is poor, man. I can't believe it. Because that one person, do you know what I mean? And so that's the king. King's looking around. Nehemiah's face is standing out. You know what I mean? It's standing out. But he's like, is he, is he, is he, what's even so deep? The king is like, this sadness must be really deep because you have no other reason to be sad. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it must be something deep going on because you have no reason to be sad. Ronaldo's like, what? like, how can you be sad? You're around me, man. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Must be something deep going on, must be some mental stuff going on. What's going on? And I like what um what he does as well in verse three and four. One, he's honest. He's not like uh 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 uh, uh it's nothing, king, it's nothing, king. He's honest. You know what I mean? So he told so he tells the truth. So a lot of times for us, it's like uh when people say, Are you okay? What's going on? Ah, oh, it's okay, it's, don't worry. Mm-hmm. Question, are you being honest? Mm-hmm. I'm not even saying, like, every time someone says to you, are you okay? You need to say, no, I'm not. And then you start reeling off everything. You know what I mean? But it's like, there'll be times where you know that someone's asking, what's going on? That is when you, this is the person that you should be saying, you know, just what's really going on. Mm. I mean, you like, it, it's, there's a time, you know what I mean, where you're meant to be like, let me be honest mm. and say, this is what's really going on. And then but then Nehemiah now, in the midst of the conversation, live, still has time to fit in quick prayer. Mm. Quick prayer. Do you know what I mean? It's like, okay, how am I going to answer this? And we, so he must, be, he must be praying in his mind, yeah? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And some of us are like, ah, oh, so um, give me one second. Rush to your prayer room, spend two hours, then rush back. This is showing that we can do these quick prayers while it's working. Whilst in the midst of the workplace, where we're like, okay, look, I need your help. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, it's not like oh, I need to go fast. I'll, let me go call. Um, let me go call that guru, or let me go call that prophet. Before I don't know what to do. Quick prayer. Now, I mean, and that also is it's almost like it's a quick prayer, but it's also a characteristic to say that I need you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I need I need you in this. I'm going to do a quick prayer. Why? Because I actually need you in this situation. I need you. I need your help. Once again, we see Nehemiah not relying on his, on his own strength, not relying on his own wisdom. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, guys. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, someone say a quick prayer. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and <clears throat> when we get to um, verse eight, boom! It's all good, guys. In verse eight, let me read it. Uh, uh, and he goes at, at the end he goes and the king granted me when he asked for for the good hand of my own strength was upon me so let me read that again and I'm at the end here and the king granted me what I asked for and the good hand of my own wisdom was upon me so sorry, sorry, let, let me read that again and the king granted me what I asked for for my skill helped me so let me read that again mm-hmm. and the king granted me what I asked for because I was really articulate 
sorry, let me read that again. So, and the king granted me what I asked for because I was really, really smart and intelligent. So, sorry, I gotta keep misreading this. <laughs> and the king, uh, the king granted me what I asked for, for the good hand of God yeah. was upon me. Do you know what I mean? And so it's like, I don't know when it, whenever success happens, whenever you get the result, who you who who gets the praise? Mm. Maybe maybe it is because you're really good looking. <laughs> I mean, maybe it is because you're super super intelligent. Maybe it is because you're really good with words. Maybe it is because you're a cupbearer. Maybe it is because you maybe. But Nehemiah, when good things happen, he's able to say, "I give honor unto God." Yeah. There's good hand that's upon me because of God. Mm. Because of God, I think there's a psalm it talks about. Promotion doesn't come from the east, the west, or the south. Promotion comes from, from God. When, when good things happen to you, who do you praise? Who do you praise? Cool. And in the rest of Nehemiah chapter 2, what we see, we see him inspecting um, the wall, taking a check of the wall as he goes there. And also we see the, the introduction of um, the enemy, people who don't want the wall to be built. I'm not going to read um, Nehemiah chapter 3. So Nehemiah chapter 3, here we see um, basically like a list of people who were involved in the rebuilding of the wall. Um, uh, let me call out verse 8 quickly, actually, let's show you guys something. So in, when you read chapter 3, it just talks about people who were involved in building out. So in verse 8, chapter 3, next to them was Ziel, the son of Hahaya goldsmiths repaired. Next to him, Hananiah, one of the perfumers repaired, and they restored Jerusalem as far as the broad wall. Are these guys experts in building walls in terms of occupation? One's a goldsmith, one's a perfumer, but what they had was availability. They made themselves available to do God's work. Now, I mean, sometimes we can be like, ah, you know what? Like, I ain't doing that because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't build walls, innit? Mm. No, I mean, I, I ain't doing that. I'm a, I'm a prophet, fam. Do like, you know who I am? Like, man, don't do, man, don't do those things there. You know what I mean? Man, don't, man, don't do that. I don't do that, innit? You know what I mean? I'm a, like, oh, we need to build a wall. Uh, so I'm a goldsmith. Uh, so I'm a perfumer. What we see here is that they made themselves available. You know what I mean? And, there, and there'll, sometimes there'll be times where um, God's work needs to get done. You know what I mean, and we'll make ourselves available. I, I look at my first time I got involved in church and ministry was becoming an usher. Someone's like, ah, oh, we need help. Do you know what I mean? We need help with like letting people in and out of the doors. Do you know what I mean? I was like, oh, okay. You know I mean, I'm not here saying that I was gifted to be an usher. I'm not here saying that I had an anointing for it, but something had to be done. The church needed help and I was available. Do you know what I mean? So <clears throat> that's something that we can take from um, chapter three that we see different skills different di people who were they're skilled in other things but seeing god's seeing that a task needs to get done and they got it done let's go to nehemiah chapter four verses one to six nehemiah chapter four verses one to six but it so happened when sambelet heard that we were rebuilding the wall that he was furious and very in indignant and mocked the Jews. He spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, what are these feeble Jews doing? 
Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish, stones that are burned? Now, to, now Tobiah, the Amorite, no, Ammonite, was beside him and he said, whatever they build, if even a fox goes up on it, it will break down their stone wall. Hear, O our God, for we are despised. Turn their reproach on their own heads and give them as plunder to a land of captivity. Do not cover their iniquity and do not let their sin be blotted out from before you, for they have provoked you to anger before the builders. So he built the wall and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height for the people had a mind to work. That's right. Praise and praise and praise. The mind to work. Um, so here we see, like straight away, people who are angry seeing progress and growth. I mean, so let's not be surprised where um, the enemy is like, like doing stuff or saying stuff as you're progressing. It's almost like there's almost, it's almost like as Christians we're like, I, I can't believe the enemy's like speaking i can't believe like the enemy is trying it you know like <laughs> anyone wants to kill or destroy us know what i mean like it's and still so it's let's not be shocked but here we're seeing an opposition to the growth an opposition to to the work and also you know you're seeing two critics coming together i mean so it's not just one person there's two know what i mean who are criticizing and giving words of discouragement and in life Sometimes the hardest discouragement is when there's elements of truth in it. No, I mean, in terms of it, it, it's, and that, don't forget, these guys are goldsmiths, perfumers, etc. And it's like, to say they're feeble builders, they may be thinking to themselves, am I actually qualified to build? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Am I actually qualified to build? When they're looking at the um, when looking at the rubble, etc. Guys, don't forget this is like the place is mash up. It's not like these are new bricks they got from B and Q. Yeah, this is like bricks that have been there, burned up fire, and it's, I mean, so it's like there's elements of truth. You know I mean, in terms of what these guys, um, what these guys are saying. You know what I mean, it's like when someone when someone says to you like, yeah, but like you didn't, you you only got an E in your GCSEs. How can you do blah, blah, blah? And that means like, if there's an element of truth, you did get E in your GCSEs. They're telling the truth and they're discouraging you. The question now is like, what do you want to hold on to? Now, I mean, do you hold on to like their definition of the truth and how they're interpreting it because of X, therefore you can't do Y? Or do we say, you know what? The Lord is able to turn X into anything. Now, I mean, and, and, and do we also say, and do, and the, this is the big thing that we need to do here in that when we're doing um, work, we need to turn it into God's work. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, so then you, then, you, then you end up saying, this ain't my work, this is God's work. So when now you're talking about this work, you're talking about God's work. Mm-hmm. You're talking about God, you're talking about God's, you're talking about God's things, not my thing. Mm-hmm. This is what God is working on. God wants to, God, God wants this um, wall to be restored. He has given um, us an assignment. But what does Nehemiah do? With his discouragement, he prays. And he gives one of those, you know, those Old Testament prayers where it's like, let it be scattered, but burned down, etc. But <clears throat> what does he do? 
he prays. And look, you don't, what, what, what we don't like, and he's like, and then once again, it comes down to what do you do when discouragement comes? What do you do when your critics all up in your face? Yeah. I mean, are you on YouTube? Are you going to Google? You're trying to find, you know, let me get that book about 10 steps of motivation or that book about six steps to build a wall. What do you do? Nehemiah prays. Nehemiah's response is pray. And what happens after they pray? We don't, what you don't hear is that the spirit of God came upon them and there was a wind. Through prayer, it's almost like, all right, cool, I'm aligned, I'm um, stabilized with God, and they have a mindset to get on with building the wall. And this is sometimes when we go and pray and we give it unto God and we say, this is what they're, this is what they're saying. You know what I mean? This is what they're saying. This is what's going on. In that comes an element of peace. And then you get a, you, you get a mind. And then when they're saying they were... Um, they had the minds to build it. So they had a determination, an inclination to go and get the job done. Someone say they had a mind to work. And it's like, it's my prayer is that as we go and pray and as we go and speak to the Lord, as we even get discouraged, they will have the mind to work, to do the thing that we're trying to get discouraged against. And a lot of times when someone's saying, you can't do it, you shouldn't do that. Oh, blah, blah, blah. If God has said it, sometimes that should almost be almost like a motivation to be like, ah, okay, the enemy is now like probably trying to discourage this, yeah? Like, like go and do, go and do the work. Can someone read Nehemiah chapter four, verse seven to 15? But when the sandbolt sat, Yes, San, no, Sanballat and Tobias and the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashadites heard that the repairing of the walls of Jerusalem was going forwards and that the breaches were beginning to be closed. They were very angry and they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause confusion in it. And we prayed to our God and set a guard as a protection against them, them day and night. In Judah, it was said, the strength of those who bear the burden, burden is failing. There is too much rubble. By ourselves, we will not be able to rebuild the wall. And our enemy said, they will not know or see till we come among them and kill them and stop the work. At that time, the Jews who lived near them came from all directions and said to us 10 times, you must return to us. So in the lowest parts, parts of the space behind the wall, in the open places, I stationed the people by their clans with their swords, their spears their and their bows. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives and your homes. Um, when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had frustrated their plan, we all returned to the wall each to his work. Praise him, praise him, praise him. So what we see in verse seven, like 
the critics, those who are against the building of the wall, they're not just um, angry. Mm. Now they're very angry. And this is, and, and I guess it's, once again, it's like, oh man, why can't they just leave us alone, man? Mm. And it's like, I think I preached the word about irritation. And it's like, sometimes it's, the enemy's getting themselves in trouble because they're provoking us to go and pray. Do you know what I mean? And now that we've been be, being provoked to pray, we're now going to a place where we're only going to grow. So you end up becoming stronger. Do mm. you know what I mean? So it's... <clears throat> it's... <laughs> so that they're very angry. And now there's like, there's four different types of enemy, but the whole thing is about they want to bring what? Confusion. Mm. I mean, this is one of the biggest things in terms of like, confusion is like, what, what am I doing? Running around like I had this chicken. Literally, this is where you're seeing disorder. Mm. No, I mean confusion is disorder um, and ruin, and that was their plan. If we go in there, boom, kill, like bring confusion, and then nothing can grow. Nothing, the, the walls cannot be built when there's disorder, mm. and you can see what happens when there is order. Nehemiah was a guy that he says, "You do this, start here, um, be structured." When you see order, but these guys want to bring confusion. Mm. But what does Nehemiah do in verse 9. They pray and set a guard day and night. In verse 9, let me read it. Uh, and we pray to our God. So what happens? It's kicking off again. What do they do? Pray. We pray to our God and set a guard as protection against them day and night. And what I like about this is that they prayed and set a guard. And now we're seeing prat- practical things being done. Some would be like, oh, they lack faith. They should have just prayed and left it like that. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a, there's a, lack, there's a lack of faith, you know what I mean? For them to have people guarding, guard, guarding it. No, no, no. Because you, put, because you do practical things does not mean that you lack faith. You know what I mean? Because it's like, if I'm, if I'm praying for my back to get healed and I'm stretching my back, the fact that I'm stretching my back does not mean that you're lacking faith. Does that, am, I, am I making sense, guys? You know what I mean? Like, it, it's that you, you can do the spiritual things and also do the practical things. You know what I mean? You, the enemies, they're thinking the enemy's going to come. It was wise to put guards up. But what did they do first? They didn't put guards, then pray. The first thing they did is pray. You know what I mean? Our first strategy, our first, our first, our first thing when it comes to any issue is pray. You know what I mean? But pra- we can also do practical things as well. Does that make sense, guys? Mm-hmm. And in verse 14, you hear um, Nehemiah saying, remember. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves, mm-hmm. what has the Lord done in the past? What testimonies can we stand on? And I mean, one of the testimonies that I stand on is that um, for our church, when we, like, the Lord answered, the Lord answered our prayers when people said they were looking for work and they found work. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something that I can stand on. That's something that I remember. And I'd be like, Lord, I mean, you aren't, you aren't, you answered, um, you answered our prayers. I hear testimonies when people have prayed and people have been healed. That's things that I can remember and stand on. Remember. And even there was a time in, um, when David, I think he was about to get stoned and he had to encourage himself in the Lord. He had to strengthen himself in the Lord. And there's going to be times when we're like, what am I going to do? This is when we've got to find strength in him. 
So guys, in verse 15, coming to an end now, when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had frustrated their plans, we all returned to the wall, each to his work. Sometimes in life, once we understand what the enemy is trying to do, we understand their schemes, their tactics, it ends up becoming like powerless because you're like, I already know what you're trying to do. And I bat and I and I bat you away. And it's almost like not to say that we become overly cocky because oh you're, you're nothing, but it's like it's once you become aware, it's like you can't. It's almost like you can't scare me because I know what you're trying to do. Because that on I mean because that unknown. Because a lot of times it's like that fear is like oh my days you might be able to hurt me. Oh my days you might be able to actually kill or destroy me. But once you actually understand, it's like no 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 you have no power. <laughs> you actually have no power. That they can't do anything. That is when we can carry on building wherever the Lord has asked us to build. Mm. I mean, like, like there's, and and it's, we're building walls, but even we know that the Lord is building us. And we know that as the enemy is seeing us being built up, being strengthened um, by him, progressing in knowing him, the enemy is going to be frustrated. It's like, ah, yeah. oh, man, I don't, I don't want him to grow up knowing, to, knowing about who they really are enemy will be frustrated <clears throat> but what do we see in nehemiah in these last couple of chapters in chapters one two and one two four mm-hmm. we see a guy has a lifestyle of prayer mm-hmm. continuously just praying he prays um to have um mercy and favor with the king mm-hmm. and during it and, and, and it's something that does in four months when he now is at the point where there may be an open door what did he do quick prayer no, I mean, he's ne- and we, we then see that when the enemy comes, what does he do? He prays quickly. Mm-hmm. Enemy um, even goes up to another level. What does he do? He goes and he prays. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who's had a lifestyle of prayer. Why? Because the projects to build a wall could not be done in his own strength. Mm-hmm. He needed God. But also we see, as you read the story properly, there was practicalities that were done. You had to position people. You had to, you know, get people to, um, you know, whilst you're building, have your sword ready and build all your other, or somebody would be on guard while someone is building. So there was practical stuff being done. But what, what it was built on, what it was, um, the main foundation was prayer. Mm-hmm. Conversations with the Lord, having a reliance on him. And so I want to finish off by just reading Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Mm. As we pray, let's watch. As we see, as we respond, let's pray even more. As we get our answers, prayers, we thanks. We give mm. thanks. This, this should be our constant cycle. We're praying, we're watching. As we watch and we see things, we pray even more. When we receive things, we thank him. And as and as we and as we start to um uh, encounter the things that he's given us we pray even more yeah. I mean so it's like I mean so it's like you prayed for um a child you got the child now pray for about the child <laughs> do you know what I mean it's like you all you prayed for a house you now got the house thank him for the house mm-hmm. now pray <laughs> now pray now pray about the house this is a lifestyle of prayer Colossians chapter 4 continue steadfastly in prayer being watchful 
in it with thanksgiving. We're giving praise. Let's have a last other prayer. Cool. Bless, guys. Yeah.